spidey senses tingling. Hello. Merry Christmas, Tiny Slim. Tis the season to give each other hugs, kisses, and comics. Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. Uh, we talk about industry news, paperkeg.com, check it out. Uh, the hottest Tumblr site probably in the last five years. Absolutely. Do we have the most followers on Tumblr? I think we do. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we, we talk about the books we're reading. Uh, we do a book club. Special book club this week for the holidays. It is Batman Noel. That's correct. Mm. Make it clap, 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 clap. That is awful. Never do that again. (laughs) (laughs) That was was terrible. Uh, I'm terrified of you. Uh, And then we'll read your letters to close out the show. Let's get into the introductions of our panel of hosts. The who's who of uh, Willow Grove area comic book podcasts. Yeah. Of which there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there Jensen, there get better that, be only get one. Get that mic a little closer to your face, way. You should do that. You want it in my mouth or? <laughs> shut, shut your mic off right now. <laughs> uh, Dale underscore A, you've been described as former Pixel Keg writer. On papercake.com. Yes, I was just described as that. And yes. Uh, internet celeb. You've been you've been described. I have been. Uh, welcome I, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. Absolutely. Merry yeah. If you're into that. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy know, holidays. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Um. He is probably the most humble bragger person you'll ever meet. He's good. He's good. Uh, next to, I would think, <laughs> John Stump from Paper Cake West. Well, I call it pulling a jumpy. You call it pulling a jumpy? Yeah. Okay. Are you excited to be back on the show? I am. I'm excited for you guys to come back to the uh, the show den That's and do another show here. I yeah. think this could be a, a new home for us, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, Slim's got his uh, control station. Mm-hmm. I call you it know. Command Center 9. I have, uh, Dale has his own sofa. I do. You know, and uh, still working on, on Mark. He's still got that dining room chair, but, you know, eventually we'll get him. If I can find a place to put my feet, I'd be content. Mark? Yeah, I'm going to have to make a, uh, a coffee it. table by hand. Maybe whittle it with, with, with foot wood. grooves so you can just get your foot up. Mark Farrington, uh, congratulations on being the first ever published writer on this show. How does it feel? It feels incredible. You know what I did to celebrate? Tell me. I did the Paper Keg West drinking game. (laughs) And it was a doozy. Beautiful segue. Paper Keg West, uh, for those that don't know, we have a sister podcast. It's running up the iTunes charts. Yeah. It's running. Right behind us. Sprinting to try to catch us. We're not ready to pass the baton from our faltering hand quite yet. Never. Faltering Um, hand. You know, we we talk about, we listen to Paper Keg West all the time. You know, the four of us, we get together on the weekend. Podcast listening parties. We do podcast listening parties. Check them out on the iTunes, Paper Keg West. Uh, We, you know, we we put a drinking game together, you know. Um, At Gobo. He's a big-time Canadian podcast star. He's up there in uh, Whistler, British Columbia. Yeah. Got to take the snow cat <laughs> to his house. Uh, you know, for Paper Keg West fans, you know, you're, you maybe you listen to both shows. You like to double dip. Um, we, we've all talked about that Gobo and his horrendous breathing <laughs> habits. <laughs> I mean, they are just <laughs> atrocious. Uh, drinking game for Paper Gag West, you know, two drinks every time at Gobo is done talking and exhales as if he is about to die, as yeah. if he is 1,000 pounds. <laughs> his last breath, his last breath. I mean, you picture someone with immense health problems running to McDonald's, and they say, get me a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have had Gobo on uh, Paper Cake West. Drink the eggnog. <laughs> One eggnog. <laughs> One eggnog. Uh, you know, we'll periodically we'll come back to the to the drinking game during the show. We'll 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 spice in some other ones. We'll, we'll leave you uh, with that. We'll nutmeg it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Christmas spice. So. Uh, <laughs> Keep listening for some more uh, Paper Cake West. Let's get back into the swing of things. Holiday show. We're, we'll, maybe we'll talk about one holiday book. We hope you guys are listening. If you are if you shut off, you're like, what is Paper Cake West? I'm going to delete this podcast. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, man. You know, your friend and mine. We're all friends with Bendis, right? Yeah. Humble brag. Jonesy, can you yeah. humble brag that you've ever you Twittered Bendis? I can't jumpy on this one. No. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Uh, he is leaving the Avengers family of comics. Been on that Crazy. main Avengers book, writing it since summer 2004. That's nutty. Disassembled the book that brought me to the Avengers. You know, there's only one place he can go, in my heart. X-Men. No. Don't DC. See, no, don't do it. Where? Where is he gonna go? <laughs> Slim? Daredevil. Malief? You're uh? gonna kick off Mark Wade, who is... No, uh, I can't. Yeah. Mark, because that run is just getting hot right now. You know what I would love? If that was a digital. <sighs> Wouldn't it be great? It's I'm not, not digital. I'm not reading that in print. Get out of here. What is this? Okay. 1999? All right. yeah, okay. I thought Marvel had <laughs> moved all the way to all digital titles uh, same day. In not March, yet. their entire run will be digital. Got it. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Oh, maybe. That, I thought that was, probably. I thought that what was title announced. could Bendis take? Uncanny, you think? He's going to continue doing his know. thing on Moon Knight, I guess. Spider-Woman. Ugh. Oh man, I'm signing up. I, I just uh, pulled a GoPro. Put me, put me down for two copies. Uh, well, well, that's weird about this news is I guess he's leaving mighty new and uh, non-adjective and crazy and beginning. Um, and... But he's going to be draw- or writing the one that's coming out when the movie comes out, which is Avengers Assemble. Oh, yeah, that's the one with Mark Bagley on art. They so, must really like each other to do that, and well, you, you develop a simpatico with somebody working yeah, so long. Seven like years, I guess. I mean, I think it's m- like how we work. Mark Bagley is a loved Greg Land. I think that's what the thing is. He can pump out a comic book in maybe twenty minutes. <laughs> wow, all twenty-four <laughs> pages. <laughs> wow. Um, what do you mean, Iron Man and Thor? <laughs> Cover right up. Newsy, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the one uh, not true portion of that is brilliant. The their creator own book, you know, issue one came out feels like two years ago. Yeah. for brilliant. When Avengers oh, disassembled first came out, I think <laughs> so long ago. Mark, what is he going to do? Hey, is he still writing Powers? Well, I can't remember the last time I read an issue of Powers. No That's another hiatus book. I think it's uh, on high hiatus. He there was an old interview that I read. I think I Googled it, and I came across this old interview where he said uh, he would love to write X-Men. But Kieran Gillen seems to be... Get him off of there. <laughs> I would bend him fast off <laughs> yeah, of that yes. book, to be honest. Uh, Kieran. Maybe he'll do a Claremont death. style and get his own title. When you hmm. think about everything Bendis did during his Avenger run, he put a hell of a resume together. It's a, it's a great run. It's great a fantastic run. run. Yeah, he tore him down and you know, brought him back up. He yep. put Wolverine and Spider-Man on the Avengers, which I was one of the people who didn't appreciate it at first, but I can't imagine the Avengers without him right you now. You know what I love most about Mark Farrington right now is whenever we're ready to bust a writer's, you know, bees, he's always like, don't forget, they also did this. He's like, when you're like, oh, man, Nixon was a terrible president. And then Mark will be like, but look at the infrastructure improvements he did with the highways. <laughs> Like, is that yeah. your impression of a black man voice? Well, <laughs> let's hear your white guy impression. <laughs> um, I don't think we need to do that. It's just too racist. We want to be played inside of our show sponsor's uh, comic shop. Yeah, so no boner town tonight, fellas. But seriously, think about what he did for Marvel under the Avengers banner. Civil War, Secret Invasion, Siege, Disassembled. He wrote Avengers their beats. X-Men. Right. He wrote a lot of their beats for years. Yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's funny that Mark Miller... Millar, Millar had left. Uh, they were the bosom buddies for many years, and then he just kind of went off and did his own thing, where Bendis stayed. The, the running did... joke was, you know, they they wouldn't be on the same plane together just in case. <laughs> yeah, but they were like the original architects. No, they don't really. No, they were definitely the architects of the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. In and out. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Now, do you think Bendis is going to become like a Malar? He, you know, like he's not really prevalent. He has a couple His power books. stuff. He had that kids book. Tycho brilliant Tyco. isn't you know it's one issue. Um, I mean that hasn't stopped Mil- Millar necessarily lateness. Uh, what was this Scarlet? Yeah, I never finished Scarlet. I think Bendis has just hit like a valley in his career. Maybe he's just taking it easy for a while. I, I mean, I think he's got to be burned out. He writes like nine yeah. books a month. Yeah, I mean he can't. He can't be in a place where the the juices are flowing. Mm -hmm. He's doing the old adage. He's leaving when having people want more. His Avengers stuff, I think most of it is still quality. And on top of that, he'll still be writing Moon Knight. And I think I read that he's got some sort of consultation gig on the Powers show. Uh, He's also got that Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. And Ultimate Spider-Man, the title. How much do you think he pulls in a year? How much do you think he pulls in a year? 40K per title? At least? No, it can't be that much. I don't know. He's thirty k a year. What's, what's the much? circulation per per issue per month? We'll get the uh, intern what? on that. What? Who knows? I'm <laughs> intern. I'm bring out my uh, abacus right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Forty thousand a title? I can't. I can't imagine that's that much. No, no not a fat. month. I'm talking about a year. Like if a oh, right, oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah, I would say he probably. Let's see, he does nine titles. Then he probably he probably makes like four hundred grand in that neighborhood. Oh my god! No, that is huge. No, <laughs> do you know? I wonder if he's signed a contract. Blink once, if you're <laughs> not like an Obama salary. No, but you got that. That's got to add from what he's getting from FX for the Power series, and you got to add all the royalties he gets for the creator on any you're issue of Power. You're saying right sales. now, get the Wikipedia. I ready, bet he grosses. You say he makes half million dollars a year. I said four hundred thousand. First of all, <laughs> and I bet he grosses four hundred k a year. You know what? Let's just tweet Bendis right now. See what he it. says with the Adidas uh, sponsorship and stuff. You know, it's probably... <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves Adidas. Okay, he it's wrote the box here. of Wheaties. <laughs> uh, Bendis. Hopefully, he comes to X Men. You know, who knows? Uh, Ghost Rider. You know what? Do we want to talk about? Rook? Maybe we should just get into the books. We want Ghost Rider's got a new trailer out. Ghost Rider's well, out. At the end of it, he pees on. He pees just like the old. On the, the first trailer, knee slapping. He peed in the second trailer too. Yeah, at the yeah. very end, he peed. And you sure Jonesy didn't pull up a fan trailer? It, <laughs> it did no, look I, like Casper Van Dien was. I did. Well, I was able to fool Mark into thinking that Megan Fox is Supergirl. You did not fool me. In the new Superman movie. Uh, if you'd that. like the full story behind this inside joke, tune into last week's episode. <laughs> Let's get into the books. You know, we want to try to get in two rounds of books. We haven't done it in a long to. time. Yeah. It's Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas. Yeah. Everyone's just to go home and you know snuggle with their loved ones. You know, Mark, uh, right? I'm already wearing my slippers. Pretty amazing. Uh, who wants to start off? <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy, why don't you start off? You're wearing your fancy man slippers. They are They are great. Uh, I will start with Venom issue 10. Came out a couple weeks ago, but the reason I'm talking about it, talk about it is it drew me back into the title. I don't know if you remember, I read the first three issues when it came out, and then issue four, boom, Spider-Man's in there. Boom. And I was like, I'm checking out. This book was not supposed to have a lot of Spider-Man. was supposed to be its own thing. And um, I just think like all the good stuff they built with the vibranium shipment and you know Flash Thompson being this like very conflicted patriot, and you know just anything they do with the symbiote is ba. You know, yeah. it's just it's so cool. So the reason I picked up issue ten is because I heard that Cap will be guest appearing. And uh, the reason that Cap is in it is because, you know, remember the events of Spider Island where Cap, you know, almost kills the entire human race by spreading the virus. And uh, he goes to the secret installation that is like the Venom base where they keep Flash and the symbiote and they monitor it. And it's like off the books. And Cap goes to shut it down. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, Cap, right away. And then they lead him in there and Venom's gone. And then uh, Cap goes on a Venom manhunt, and they fight it out. It's just, it's kind of like, not to pull a Farrington, but like a story by numbers book. Mm. But I couldn't help but like smile as I was reading. This is really good. Mm. I'm back on the Venom train. You're back on. (laughs) Remender, thank you for it. At at Station 10. I wish we could get a song for that, (laughs) back on the Venom train. (laughs) Is that the one with the cover where he's riding the motorcycle? Yes. Yes, But Tony Moore did not... um, Draw that. That had its a filling artist, I think, right? Yeah, but I can't remember who is off the top of my head. Mm. Is it good? It was really good. The art was solid. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
Good. Breaking news, another Paper Keg West drinking uh, game. Uh, Paper Keg West, uh, new podcast. Yeah. Newer, if you're into that. Skype. They do it on the Skype. <laughs> drink. Why? <laughs> you have to drink. <laughs> uh, J.M. Stump, you know, he's a popular guy. Yeah. You know, one drink, anytime J.M. Stump mentions that he has spoken with a creator at any point on that podcast. There you uh, go. See, I thought it was going to be every time, like, there's a, a problem with Skype and they just choose not to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> you are about to start a real internet rivalry <laughs> with our own sister show. For this podcast. <laughs> Wait, was I not? Was I supposed to pull the punches? The I thoughts just... and reflections of at Jonesy Love do not reflect those of at uh, Papercake.com slash West. <laughs> We got to bring it in. We got to bring it in. Dale, what are you reading? Bring it in. I am reading. Taking it back here. Ready? Michael Turner. Fathom. Wow. Fathom. Sexy. Yeah. That's Aspen, why I read it. Aspen book? Yep. Aspen book. It's a uh, division of Top Cow, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Aspen being the main character of the, the book Fathom. Aspen Matthews. So there's this whole tie-in. It's like a cross-gen kind of feel I get from it because Aspen is her name. Aspen wears a little pendant around her neck. That's the only thing she wears, I think, too, right? Most times. Yeah. Most times. It's, a, Ooh, it's amazing. to me. I like this. <laughs> uh, Fathom starts with... Um, I've al- By the way, I've always looked at the book. I mean, obviously, the covers are sexy, and they never have anything to do with the actual book itself. Yeah. So it's a classic. Um Fathom is about Aspen Matthews and a cruise ship that has disappeared for 10 years and one day shows back up. It's like a ghost ship. It's like a, it's like a ghost ship. None of the uh, none of the passengers of the ship know that they've, they've been gone for 10 years, but San Diego where they dock knows and this cruise ship just showed back up. They go on basically they go Twitter dark. And no cameras around. This is a big security issue because this ship is just showing up again. Um, Aspen Matthews <clears throat> turns to, out to be, she has an obsession with water. She turns out to be a marine biologist when she grows up. And she gets to um, be put on this undersea laboratory to research some marine alien life hmm. it's not natural to the sea it's obviously there's de- denizens of the deep we call oh, it. oh okay uh there's ships there's aquatic vessels that they've acquired and they need aspen matthews who is a an expert on like propulsion in the walder water walder um does she have superpowers not well they allude to that She's super Two sexy. And the <laughs> <laughs> Aspen's peaks and valleys. Uh, hey, what are you doing? Play? Would you knock that off? Okay. I, now <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so um, That's karma right there. That just got me back for that comment. It alludes to that Aspen possibly has powers because the denizens of the deep are looking for her. A little confusing at times. I might I might continue reading. It's there are certain parts of each of the book where it's told from three different points of view. So it's the same dialogue, the same scenery, but f- as seen as from three different people. That's kind of oh, weird. That's kind of cool. It's cool, yeah. but uh, it gets to towards the end it gets to be a little overdone and the uh, plot is a little easy. Mhm. I want to say like the plot pieces are just falling into place quite easily. But I'm interested to see where Michael Turner took this book. So was he writing and drawing or scripting and drawing? or? Yeah, I think he was, at least in the beginning okay. for that mini-series. Mini I know Fathom's still around, but that was like a 13-issue mini. I need to give props to Top Cow's same-day digital scheme. Uh, $1.99 in print, same day. Or uh, $1.99 digitally, digital, same, day. same day, while it could be three ninety nine in print. Yeah, but what do they come out with? I mean, what are they? Artifacts... Witchblade, you don't know. Yeah, I liked Artifacts. I actually jumped on that title without reading Witchblade. Sorry. It was good, you said, too, right? Yeah, I really liked it. really liked it. I do want to say really quick that I'm disappointed. In what? In uh, Jonesy for drinking during recording. 
Oh yeah, this is the first so uh, first time in like way to go. ten episodes. Really, uh, yeah, I realize. Way to, I realize. Way to stick with it. But uh, Michael Turner, very Jim Lee esque. Yeah, and Aspen Matthew. I mean, she's she's gorgeous. The, the everybody in this book is gorgeous. So even the guys, even the guys. Okay, I'll gorgeous. check it out then. Check it out. Severed. Hmm. Anybody Snyder? reading this? Scott Am I the Snyder? only one? Not reading it. I haven't read this yet. A lot of buzz. How about Drunky over there? No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Severed is, you know, the story that takes place uh, in the olden days. You know, a young kid trying to find his father. He's a musician, a jazz player. You know, traveling the world, getting on trains, and getting into trouble. Um, but there's some kind of creepy man uh, in the background, in the beginning of the series. And uh, impersonating people, you know, murdering them. Oh, boy. Uh, it's like a slow burn horror film. So the story, you know, eventually this young boy had a girl with him and they were, you know, pulling tricks on people to get cash. Uh, not in that newer. I was about to ask if you meant turning tricks. Uh, what did I say? Pulling tricks? tricks? Pulling tricks. Sure, it's all the same. Tricks. Uh, so something happens to the female character where it's just the boy and this old creepy guy who takes him under his wings is like, hey, I'll drive you to, you know, go find your father. And this is the creepy murderer uh, who assumes, uh, you know, people's identities. And you see, it's really strange because, like, nothing has happened. I think this is issue four. Uh, So they're on the road, and this kid is starting to second guess, um, you know, this old guy. Because he he has a family in this other town that is under a fake name, so he's like, "Hey, you know, you're with this family for you know one day, uh, however often, and then you don't even use your real name." And he's like, "Yeah, that's just how it is." Um, so they're going to the next town to see his father, and then the boy sees a photograph in the old man's bag that turns the turns his whole world upside down in a bad way. The guy is his father. Uh, so severed. You should uh, check it out. Like in a hard candy kind of way. Mm, oh, okay. Hard candy that messed with my mind. That movie. It was a crazy movie. It was. I don't even know if I like that movie. Maybe think made I me feel either. made me feel sick about myself. Severed. Didn't see it. Scott Snyder. Mm. And Scott Tuft. T U F T. Yeah. <laughs> Met him at a con once. Okay. We had a nice little chat. Jersey loves beer. Right? Jumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Jumpy loves beer. I drink too. <laughs> uh, Mark Farrington, welcome back. Thank you to the show. Uh, I know you were bored earlier. You were unplugging your mic for no reason, <laughs> uh, seeing how it worked. <laughs> what are you reading right now? It was a mistake, and I apologize <laughs> for that offline. Okay, I decided to take it back a little bit. I went and read uh, Fantastic Four couple issues by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo entitled Hereafter. It is fresh off the Fantastic Four invading Latveria and taking it over in the battle that ensued. Uh, Reed Richards killing his best friend the thing by gunpoint. Oh boy. They go to heaven to get him back. Reed can't deal without his best friend. He's reeling. The family is shattered. So they just decide to go marching into heaven. Mark Wade, I didn't care about the Fantastic Four until I started reading Mark Wade's run, and I finally got it. They really aren't superheroes. They're explorers, and it's about the adventures they have. And I love how they go to heaven. They go to hell. They invade a country like we go to Wawa. It's just another trip in the park. Excuse me. So it was a three-issue collection, short trade. They go to heaven. It's about their team dynamics. And it's about the experiences they have when they're up there, each one seeing their own little version of paradise. Meanwhile, Ben Grimm is struggling to get through a blocked-off heaven. What I mean by that is you see his soul trying to walk through the Golden Gates, and he can't do it. There's a big... It's because his face is all effed up. No, he's a human form at that point. (laughs) <laughs> He's got no nose. I wouldn't be ex- accept anybody without a nose than heaven. There's a technological advanced super science built door that's blocking off the gate to heaven. You learn as they're going through that Reed Richards inadvertently put that there. 
So it's kind of about the strain oh, in their relationship. God. Reed. Reed. He's always screwing up Ben's life. Yeah? Making him really rock is. lobster. He really is. Did you call him rock lobster? <laughs> yes. Rock lobster. I've been drinking that much there, Slim. Call him a rock monster. Yeah. Rock oh, okay. monster. It's a fun offbeat story, very dramatic, and it's just different. You don't really see too many characters uh, just go marching into heaven. It was cool. It was fun. Okay. Too bad Reed couldn't help uh, Peter march into heaven and save uh, Aunt May. Yeah. The time. I guess yeah, maybe they destroyed Literally. that machine shortly <laughs> after this story. This sense never again. Jonesy loves beer. You're writing a comic book right now. Correct. Inherited with Brad Heitmeyer. Uh, what's the ETA? When's, when's issue number one dropping right now? Can't tell you. Can't, Can't tell, tell you. But I can tell that we... It's Twitter dark. We, yeah, it's Twitter dark. Uh, we will have some nice pinups for Christmas that has just passed. <laughs> pinups. That's all I got. That's all I got in my bag Christmas of tricks. Christmas in July. <laughs> pinups. I think the Paper King Prime drinking game when uh, Gen Z mentions yeah. that something is coming for <laughs> yeah. Inherited soon. Pinups. 2015. Uh, Last of the Greats, number three. Last you guys have been the reading Last of the Greats? It's, oh. it's from your boy, Josh Fialkoff. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this book. It's about a, uh, you know, the earth has been raised, um, and the only person left to save it is the last of these legendary superheroes that the earth basically destroyed itself, killing them. Now an alien threat has come, and of course they beg for this last of the greats' help to uh, repel the alien invasion. At the end of issue one, you learn that uh, the last of the great himself is the one commanding the invasion. And uh, issue Spoilers. two, it, this book was the issue one was out months ago, so you know what? I don't care. Anyway, uh, <laughs> issue two and three are all about uh, him solidifying power and kind of becoming this iconic person in the world. Like uh, this last issue, he was on the Oprah show. And then there's this uh, funny line where he's like, I want to have sex with her. And then uh, <laughs> oh like God. takes her off in the, into like another room while um, the aide, like his pet human. Um, call him Montel Williams. He looks like Montel Williams. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I never noticed that until just now. Uh, Montrell Williams? Montel Williams? Montel. Montel? We all look alike to you. know why. <laughs> Your names all sound alike. Set anyway. Up, set him up for that one. <laughs> so the the end of the issue is a huge twist, but it, it sets up that uh, his aide goes to the secret lab where his daughter is being held. And that you, uh, you find out through the course of the last issue that his daughter is a hybrid between a great and a human. And in this issue, you there's like this... Huge explosive reveal in the last panel. I uh, didn't like the reveal all that much uh, for those that had read it. It adds a weird twist to the book that I I don't know. Maybe it takes away from its simplistic uh, vision of having a superhero, you know, give up on humanity and then humanity comes back to ask him for one last deal. Just, um, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's kind of left me with the uh, the feeling of where do you go from here? Mm. Mm. If that panel is a permanent thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Dale underscore A. What are you reading right now? I am reading The Ray, number one. Jimmy Palmiotti? Is that who uh, yeah. did The Ray? And Justin Gray, mm-hmm. the uh, writing duo that yeah, write they together. Work together. They do. Jamal Eigle on art. I tweet, you ever read his Twitter? No. What's his Twitter like? No, it's all like. Is it all retweets? No, I, I feel like it's all like. Is it all down I'm, on himself? I'm like great. ER, Eeyore, <laughs> Eeyore tweets or something. The Ray is about this Korean American. Not that that matters. But there's nothing wrong with that. Who gets shot by some solar gun, a hmm. sun gun. Hmm, that'll happen. Uh, he's a lifeguard, and then he is like light incarnate. I don't, it, it's tough to explain because yeah. they don't really explain it very well. He has the power of pure light, I guess. Like light in a form 
So he can like blind people. This guy, <clears throat> this guy belongs in the JSA. Let's be honest. Yeah, he throws these goofy rings out, but he can. <laughs> he can't put clothes on because the clothes burn off of him immediately. But he can figure a way to control the reflections of light off of his body to make it look like he's wearing clothes. So he's That's always naked. Cool. Be aware. He's always naked in your mind. Um, <laughs> My mind's eye. It's a four-issue mini. The first the first issue wasn't that bad. It was written kind of like uh, the pilot to a TV show would be written. Like a like, one-off? Like the way his monologue was like, I can just picture it being like... So this is this is what happened to me that day, and uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who would play him. Chuck. John Cusack. Probably. John Cusack. Montel Williams. Korean American? A Korean American. Uh, that guy from Community in every new Hangover-esque movie. What's that guy's name? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dr. Kim. Kim Jong or whatever. <laughs> um, but he fights like – he has like a mid-level fight with these cosmic jellyfish. His parents are hippies. It's a four-issue mini. The parents of the jellyfish are hippies? The parents, yeah. No, his parents are hippies. Sorry. And uh, then it sets up the main villain, I guess, for the rest of the the story is some adventurer who was off doing research on the Lazarus Pits. Ooh. And he got turned into some sort of crazy murderer. He comes back. It it was almost like an all-ages book until the last page when he puts his fist through a guy. Through his head, and like, <laughs> there's like meat flying. Oh yeah, God. that'll that'll turn it off pretty quick. It was an all ages book until that happened, but um, nice. it was it was good. I mean, I like Palmiotti. I mean, will you stick around for issue number two? Only because it's a four issue mini. I will okay. stick around. Okay. Yeah, I like that it's a four issue mini. Yeah, and I, I do. I think I like that too. It's it's cool that the they're willing to do something like that in this new fifty two. They're just giving it a chance, you know. Mm-hmm. The Ray, number one. Uncanny X-Force. <laughs> I wish I would have done that book. I love... I, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Can you, can you hold it together? No, it's just... Uncanny X-Force, Rick Remender, Yarome Opeña. <laughs> right. Closing it out. Uh, when this first started, uh, I compared it to Claremont. Good Claremont. The, uh, uncanny. Good Claremont. Young like Claremont. Classic Claremont. You know, before Nutty Claremont. Oh, yeah. Um, I also compared it to Weed and Cassidy on Astonishing. Jossus. The Jossus Christ. Jossus Christ, yeah. Um, have we all read this issue? I have, yes. Most I certainly. Have. I have not read any of them, so you can talk about it. Uh, so... The most recent arc is the Dark Angel saga. You know, he's battling with multiple his 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 archangel personality versus his Warren Worthington angel normal personality. And uh Archangel has taken over and is reclaiming the throne of Apocalypse, so he's, you know, waging his ultimate plan on uh Earth. And Psylocke, who, you know, Let's be honest. She's a pretty lame character previously. No one gave it a hoot. Yeah, actually, this Reminder's run on X-Force made me actually like her for the first time. Mm-hmm. Are they still bumping uglies at this point? Oh, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, so Psylocke uh, has been working to keep the personalities contained, um, but at this point, it's you know it's a huge failure for her, for Warren to have given in to the Archangel personality and... Um, this final issue deals with her, you know, finally realizing that she needs to do something to end it. And she has the power to do that, you know, with the team. And there was some really cool stuff having to do with the Psylocke character that I enjoyed. Um, I think there was a really cool scene where I think Archangel made mention that she was kind of a nothing without him or without certain certain things in place and where, but she blew back and, you know, she screamed that she was, you know, somebody. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. In, in, in so many words. And I thought it was really, it's, you know, you don't see that kind of, um, you don't see that kind of writing for single women where they're powerful on their own. That, that would appeal to a male writer, a male reader, I guess. 
and that really stuck with me. Like, you know, this is this is interesting to me that Psylocke doesn't need Archangel to be a strong woman or a strong person, and she can she can be Psylocke on her own. Um, and it had this fantastic ending that uh, I didn't was, see it coming. I didn't see you. it coming either. I thought it was just going to have a I don't know how it was I didn't know how it was going to end, but definitely threw me for a loop. If uh, am I going to go in spoiler territory if I talk about the implanted memory she did in this episode? Oh, Are you talking oh, that about, was a great. Is it too spoilery? Yeah, I, I think that might be. Right. Maybe we can talk about it next week. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's some great there's some great relationship stuff at the end of this book. So, definitely check it out. I mean, you don't have to be an X-Men fan to read it. No, actually, I think I think in a weird way you could probably skip issue 1 through 17 and still get a lot out of issue 18. It's good to know. Check it out. Mark, you awake over there? I'm holding up. Let's talk about it. You ready? Yeah, let's do this. Went back even further in the archives. JLA number 16 to 17 by Grant Morrison. Batman, we all know him. Self-made man with no powers who could easily take over or take anybody in the DCU. What would happen if the villains had a Batman? Slim, me and you were talking about a character called Prometheus little bit ago on Twitter, so I decided to read his origin story again. Mm. Love this story. It's about the JLA decides to reform with the Big Seven in addition to seven other members. And as part of a media drive, they decide to have a fan be a member of the JLA for a day. He <laughs> makes a costume. He gets a tour of the Watchtower. And he gets to be a part of the press conference and, you know, just... Be a part of the team. Tell us how that ends. Yeah, oh please. <laughs> so Prometheus kills the contest winner, <laughs> takes over, sneaks on board, and he starts systematically taking out the JLA one by one. This one man with no powers is well-planned. He's patient. He's well-trained. He has thought of a contingency plan for every hero on the planet and starts to use it. Mm-hmm. Little common sense things like he gives steals armor a virus he turns up the oxygen in the watchtower and shoots martian manhunter with a phosphorus dart lighting him on fire and incapacitating him he lies to the flash and tells him that i put bombs all over the watchtower and they are motion detector if you move more than 10 miles an hour they will explode Mm. so he's incapacitated and shoots him and batman is hiding in the shadows looking at everything going okay something's not right We've got 100 reporters on here. We've got civilians, and my teammates are falling one by one. I need to check this out. So he eventually corners Prometheus. Prometheus goes into his speech. He says, oh, by the way, I have a helmet that lets me program any fighting style into my brain. I will be that good. I will be that strong. I will be that fast. I took 32 of the world's greatest martial artists, and oh, by the way, you're one of them. Next panel you see is Batman beaten, bloodied, and bruised. Lying in front of Flash and Green Lantern, they look at each other like, oh, crap, we're in trouble. Incapacitates everybody, eventually boils down to him and Superman. He says, let's be honest, I can't take you, but I can kill a lot of these people. The only way I won't and I won't let them all walk is if you kill yourself. Jeez Louise. (laughs) You sit there and think, okay, yeah, it's a little extreme, but he had a point. He got the JLA to a standstill, and Superman is sitting there going, how am I going to take this guy? It was good. It was nice to see some of the most powerful heroes completely caught off guard, Batman included. It, Sound, it sounds amazing. It does I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I, you did a, I was hanging on every <laughs> every one of too. your words during that description. Notice how we were all quiet and not one of us busted each other's shots the entire <laughs> yeah. time. Wow. A rare occurrence. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, who drew that? Howard Porter. That was uh, during his... Never mind. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. During his earlier days, his art, I think, was a little bit better then. But, yeah, Grant Morrison's run on JLA, I've talked about it for years. I love it. And this is definitely an interesting two-part issue. Mm. Only two parts. I can I can be down. I can dig it. You know? Check it out. Uh, is it lightning round time? I think we need to we need to get I think in the lightning we're ready round. For right it's now. about that lightning time, round. Uh, wow. Two senses or less. A book you're reading. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Tell me what. Tell me what it is. Atomic Robo, Ghost of Station X, number four out of five. Uh, Atomic Robo continues to be one of the top three comics on the stands right now, and this is what good comics are all about. 
Go action science. <laughs> I agree. Dale. Brody's ghost. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A do-gooder medium who gets trained by an old samurai ghost. This title surprised me, and I would come back for more. Ooh. If there is more. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Battle Scars. Brand new character created for the Marvel Universe. X-23? The second issue yeah. was not as strong as the first. Mm. X-Men number one, 20th anniversary edition, Claremont and Jim Lee. This guy. Harkens back to the days when the X-Men were a strike force. First comic I bought in an LCS and only nowhere near as dated as I thought it would be. It's like seven sentences. <laughs> Batman. No. Oh wait, didn't we have a rebuttal from last week? What was? Do you remember what you wanted to ask from last week's lightning round? Uh, you I had asked me remember. about Voltron. Yeah, was it worth the three ninety nine price tag? I would get it for two ninety nine. <laughs> I'm a, I'm so a no. huge. I'm a huge fan, so I didn't mind three ninety nine. I have a hard time advising. A new reader to go get it for three ninety nine. Sound like what behind the ears comic reader? Batman. Go ahead. Go ahead. Noel. No lightning book club. This week. Christmas. Christmas. Christmas book. You know, we wanted to bring in the love for you guys. Christmas love. Commuting in on your Christmas week. Written and drawn by Lee Barahimo. (laughs) Bird. What and what? <laughs> Where does Bird come in? B E R J E. Screw you guys, okay? Barmejo beer. I'm done. Robin Williams. B E R Lee Barmejo. B E R X L apostrophe. Sounds like a wind talker from the World War Two over there. Batman Noel follows the Charles Dickens classic yarn. You know, Christmas Carol. Uh, the guy, you know, down on his luck, doing jobs for, uh, you know, a mystery character in the Gotham city. Um, Scrooge would be Bruce Wayne. Um, and we get this, uh, tale, uh, told about Bruce, you know, seeing the various ghosts, you know, about his life. He's mis- he's a miserable old coot, you know, and, uh, he needs to reevaluate his life. Yeah. Beautifully old, drawn, I thought. Old uh, Sarah Titus. Titus. Sarah <laughs> Titus uh, got us onto this book. She talked about it a few weeks ago in one of her roundtable discussions. Yeah, so she did. Makes a perfect Christmas book. I mean, come on. Big time. Christmas. Book. Jonesy. Oh, Jonesy loves beer. I, I, well, first of all, I thought the art was spectacular. And I would have rathered every single piece of dialogue be taken out of this book and I could just, you know, look at the pictures. I know it's supposed to be Bob Cratchit telling the story for his son. But I thought the dialogue and the narration was some of the most uninspired things I've read in recent memory. A lot of it was supposed to be derivative, though. Like I was flipping through a copy of a Charles Dickens book to see if he was stealing direct quotes. Were you? Some were. Yeah. Were you really? I had to read in high school. Uh, Some of them were. Where did, where did Charles Dickens say where he was upset that Some, he didn't want to go find the Joker that night? Some <laughs> were. <laughs> there was some some not so hot dialogue when he was talking to the Commissioner Gordon and Batman was like flipping out about how um, he didn't want to go find the Joker in Gotham that night. And he was, like, yelling at Commissioner Gordon? It was Catwoman, I think, because... Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. They said the Catwoman, he, she would only talk to you. And he goes, can't your men handle this? And yeah, with exclamation points, too. Exclamation point, yeah. uh, question mark. I was like, come on, Batman, relax. Get on it already. Yeah. The, <laughs> the book starts off with a typical chase scene 
but it's told from the crook's perspective. So you see this guy, Bob, running on the street and a shadowy figure from the rooftops just a step behind him at all times, just kind of narrating the story. Uh, the guy gets away, and it flashes to Bruce, who is sick in the back cave with a cold. And as he's there hallucinating, he's visited by the ghost of Jason Todd, his former dead partner. Yes, yeah, so this doesn't take place in the new DC-52. Right. And through the dialogue, Jason warns him that he will be visited by three ghosts that will try to show him that he needs to change his ways. Otherwise, in the afterlife, he will be walking around in chains to represent his bad deeds. Mm-hmm. So the ghost of Christmas past was pre was portrayed by Catwoman in a chase rooftop chase scene. And through the dialogue, Batman remembers the fun he used to have in the beginning of his career. Times past, the crazy traps that he wouldn't get caught in with him and Robin. Um... Christmas present was Superman, which the moment that pulled me out of this book was when Superman takes him and they go fly by Jim Gordon's house. Mm -hmm. And Jim Gordon is talking to one of the cops on his force who's working Christmas Eve. Jim didn't want him out there, so he brings him in for coffee. And they start talking about the Batman. And he said something along the lines of the cop speaking to Gordon. Is he always like that? Can you just imagine if Batman wasn't on our side? And Gordon replies, sometimes I do, but I think that's why he has me along. I get what Lee was trying to do. It just felt a little awkward. Mm. But then he went, and went ahead and said, I think about it all, every day. That way right. he went. That's right. He, he went sour. Questionable. <clears throat> the uh, one scene that threw me for a loop was when Superman left him at his Batmobile. And away. then two seconds later, the Batmobile explodes, but Superman doesn't come back. He doesn't hear he it. He doesn't hear that with his super hearing. Like, yeah, what was that? <sighs> Bruce has got this. Yeah. <laughs> just keep flying away. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. He'll yell if he needs me. Yeah. The art was I mean, the art was amazing in this book. The detail in Gotham of the buildings mm. and stuff, a lot went into that. Batman's suit was kind of, no, it was okay. I mean, it was more like, what if one of us dressed up like Batman or dressed up like a superhero. Yeah. It was kind of realistic. The boots and stuff were very realistic and militaristic with it, with kind of a uniform with Kevlar and padding on his legs and something yeah, like that. More like body armor than like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, um, but I'm on board with you guys. It's just, it just felt like Lee Baramejo, uh, did his best to wrench, a Charles Dickens story into this Batman adventure. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I I don't know. It was very forced. Yeah. And uh, with Bob Cratchit telling his, his boy the whole time over, over dubbing the whole story. uh, Just some parts just didn't seem right, but they had to be to fit the story, to fit the story of, yeah, of Chris, of a Christmas Carol. I'm almost positive, too, that Superman was wearing Wonder Woman's boots. <laughs> I would defy anyone to find the big, full page where Superman shows up. I'm almost positive there's a W on his boots. You know what's also crazy? I think the S on his chest was so big, the tip, like, tucked into his briefs. <laughs> like, it was just so distracting. I mean, it was gorgeous, like, because he, you know, definitely was modeled after the, uh, Classic ghost of Christmas present, you know, the large red bearded man with the wreath around his head, like the yeah, the Dickens. So he was, I mean, I, I thought that was a home run as far as matching that, uh, visually, but uh, I just, uh, it, I, I still I don't, don't like it, but I still don't think it didn't, I didn't feel like, like in a Christmas carol, Scrooge is very aware that he's a part of this haunting that is taking place by three ghosts. It seemed like the Batman story, It Jason Todd, his hallucination of Jason Todd was something in and of itself. And what happened afterwards wasn't a part of a, a haunting that Jason mm-hmm. Todd predicted. It was just another night for Batman. You're right. Like This whole story felt just so off that if you were to tell me the editorial tapped someone on the shoulder and said, we need a Batman we need a Christmas story, and we want Batman in it. I would buy that. 
It just yeah. didn't fit organically. Absolutely. All right, you know what really got it for me? I got, I got to keep it real right now. As he slaps the couch in <laughs> disgust, right. break it down. Scrooge had lost his way and was obsessed with money and was not a good guy. Batman saw his parents die, turned that into a war on crime. He spends every day with the scum of the earth, and we're like, oh, stop being such a fuddy-duddy. Right. It's got it's got to be like the second worst life on the planet. <laughs> and we're like, oh, come on. Just put a smile on that face. Almost now, as bad as Daredevil's I, life. Like, yeah, like I said, second best life or worst life on the planet. I see what you're saying there. And it's like at the end of the book, after he pulled himself out of the being buried alive, he nothing was learned, I don't think. No. Like, he didn't get anything from it. I mean, sure, he hooked Bob up with a janitorial job and a Christmas tree or whatever. But I don't like Scrooge obviously wakes up the next day, a super changed man in a Christmas Carol. But Batman, he just gets over his pneumonia. There's never going to be a big change. Right. Like where where do you go from here? Batman can't be written any other way. Mm -hmm. And I I can understand this is a standalone story, uh, not in continuity at at all. But you just wonder. uh, You have to wonder in this universe that Lee Bermejo created for the story where Batman goes after that because you can't picture another Batman. What I couldn't help but think at the end of it is I think Lee approached this from the wrong angle. You can't do a Christmas story via Batman, but you could do it via Bruce Wayne. You could do it with Bruce Wayne and the way he treats his surrounding characters. Don't leave the Batman costume out of it basically make the moral of the story if you keep pushing your family away you're going to be alone and mm. i think that might have been more interesting and this story would have been a lot better in the batman beyond universe <laughs> <laughs> somehow drink uh, drinking drink. game paper keg uh breaking news paper keg west drinking game edition whenever jam stump mentions that he just got a deal Via DCBS. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. You pay that much for comics? Because I don't pay nearly that much. That's two drinks. Batman Noel. Batman Noel. This is, uh, I think we might all be done on Batman Noel. Beautiful art, though. I think it was some of Lee's best penciling. I he liked. Yeah. I think I liked his Batman uniform in uh, Joker better. Yeah. Did you see the stuff in the back of the book, like his sketches and stuff? Mm-hmm. The back matter, as they call it. His, uh, yeah, the back fat of the book. Um, his detail into what he wanted shaded on the body, like when he they showed the sketch of the Catwoman suit, the uh, it almost looked like it was a geographical map with, like, what's that called? With height and all that, because there were like topography. circles within circles. gradient, a topography map, yeah. Um, because the the uniform was just like circles and circles and circles of what he wanted shaded a particular way. It was really, really thorough. Yeah, there's stuff. a lot of there's a lot of depth to his art. Yeah, I th- I think, and not just you know, not, not it doesn't seem like just regular inking would do it. It's like I don't know how to explain it, mm-hmm. but I I love his art. I loved the, the Luther book. I loved. Oh, yeah. He did that other book after that. I don't remember what that was. But. This must be why he was kind of... He's not been anywhere else. I haven't seen him anywhere else recently, I think right? he did um, Wednesday Comics. I think he did a Superman oh, yeah. story. He did. You are right. I never read it, though. It's in my office, sitting, unwrapped. Uh, it's hard to think of who a good person to compare Lee's art is to. I I, I saw a little Alex Ross uh, in the art. I could see that with the people. A little Alex Ross and a little... Um, Tommy Lee Edwards, almost a little cleaner. That good Gotham, though, the buildings and stuff. I don't know anybody who could no. have done that good. No. Just the brickwork and stuff like that. Amazing. Batman. Noel. Merry Christmas. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them. To you. Uh, we get letters, letters at papercake.com. You want your two cents read on the air, we will read your name. Uh, to play into my theory that most people just listen to podcasts to hear their own name. That's why we'll I read it. 
Absolutely. Uh, Mark, do we get any letters this week that you wanted to read? We got a couple. Uh, one is coming from Mike saying, Hey, pepper, paper keggers, I recently started reading comics again and have no idea where to start. I'm currently reading The Walking Dead and Invincible, but I'm looking for more titles to get into. I'm the kind of reader where I feel like if I don't start from the very beginning, I'll be missing out on important story points. Even if I started at the New 52, would I be missing characters and events that have been previously introduced? Thanks for the help. Uh, I would say no. I would say the DC uh, New 52 would be a good jumping on point. For, uh, yeah, definitely Scott Snyder's Batman. Yeah, there's nothing. Um, but I would say if you're really looking to get into comics, go Image, go Invincible, um, Chew. Or, or Chew, go get a Why the Last Man. Why is a favorite of all of ours. Uh, uh, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Mm. You want something... Man. Sweet Tooth is so good, and it's or it's still pretty low issue numbers in the late twenties now mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And the I know if you read it in paper, the first trade is like nine or ten dollars, so it's a uh, that's a good spot to be. I, I, I'm the same, I'm the same way as Mike, where you get you start to feel overwhelmed if you're not starting issue one. Mm-hmm. But um, I can vouch to say, don't feel overwhelmed, especially with the new fifty two. If there's uh, uh, extra characters or things that you think you should know, just go with the flow, and, and it, eventually you'll just be caught up. Daredevil might be another good pick. Yeah, Daredevil um, one. Just was pretty good know. jumping on point. I mean, the only thing you really need to know going in is that, you know, his identity isn't really Wolverine, that secret anymore. Wolverine and the X-Men, number one. Yeah, yeah number definitely one. Wolverine and the definitely. X-Men, number yeah. one. It's a good book. Avenging Spider-Man, if you want to just read some fun oh, yeah. no. one-and-done no, Spider-Man. Uh, I would disagree, just because of the Red Hulk's... <laughs> the Red Hulk's <laughs> involvement but, negates go, <laughs> yeah. go with the flow. Red Hulk. You don't need to know who Red Hulk is. I would, There's a Red Hulk. I'd suggest uh, Amazing Spider-Man, but I mean, that's like no, a, that's that's like a running carousel. Yeah. Like You try to hop onto a carousel that's already running. You can't get into I, that. I can't be trolled this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Be I recommend, Slim the uh, Christmas troll. <laughs> I recommend Batman Year One is a good collection. Four, oh, yeah, definitely. four issues, and that's Batman's first day. If um, I, I feel a sim- simpatico with you, Mike, because uh, of your of your uh, afraidness to get into things, Dale at paperkeg.com If you want to uh, email me your email address, I'll shoot some more. I'll converse with the guys offline. Sure. So, so I can't. You're, you'll be safe from my trolling. Yeah. Via this, this is not a good environment for to convey. Yeah. He's the admin. He could reading. just look at those anyway. I'm yeah. gonna read those emails so fast, your head would spin. Mark, do we uh, get any others? We got one or two more. Coming from Steve M. Next, saying, "Hey guys, I wanted to say great work on a very entertaining and enlightening podcast. For most of my life, I've been primarily a big two reader, with the exception." Uh, being the explosion of image titles onto the scene in the early 90s. Because of the keg, I've been introduced to work of Jeff Lemire, and I've oh, yeah. enjoyed some books I've always passed on, like Chew and Morning Glories, starting reading some books digitally. When it comes to books I've dropped in to replace recently, the first one that comes to mind is Haunt. I was on this book from the start, but by the time I got to issue 16, I had a strange sense of deja vu. That's the Spawn Spider-Man weird book, right? Slash Venom, yeah. Yeah. Felt like I had read this story about a dead government agent with a symbiotic suit and idiosyncratic villains before. Then I realized I have 150 issues of this tale tucked away in a long box. Only in there it's called Spawn. Wow. Who's this letter writer? Steve yeah. M. Steve, you want a guest spot on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Around the time I stopped picking this up, I got over my boycotting of the new 52 and replaced the comic shape void in my hands that Haunt left with Batman, Animal Man, Swamp Thing, Wonder nice. Woman. And action comics. Love Kirkman's stuff to death, but be whiffed like Ryan Howard in an important game on that one. Oh, boy. Philly guy. Yeah. Anyway, gentlemen, keep up the good work, and please do us all a favor and bring back the creepy book club sounder. <laughs> I, I totally agree, Steve. I totally agree with that. Are you at a book club? We, we are. are. <laughs> I don't know if I still have that file, to be honest. Oh, my God. Uh, you hopefully it's it? been relegated to the wherever deleted files go. You know what? Back into the cosmos. The garbage. If we decide to do a letter of the week, that one earned it hands down. It's totally the letter of the week. Thanks. That was a great. Thank you so much. And last one's coming. Do you get letters? We, we do. do. I. Uh, Won't you read along with us? I started reading Haunt uh, when it first came out, and I dropped it for whatever reason. I just started again, and I think I just dropped it again. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And last one's coming to us from Catcher again. 
He wrote in last week with his list of what he does and does not read. Big friend of the show. And it is a question for our show sponsors down at the comic shop. Over the last few years, I've noticed a trend in physical media where it's often bundled in special editions or box sets. People don't want to physically own a lot of stuff, so making things in the collector's editions gives people an incentive other than content to buy non-digitally. What changes can be made to printed comics other than absolute editions to get people to buy comics in store? What changes should stores be making to get people inside the shop? And is this a lost cause? I disagree. I don't. Is that the end of the letter? I don't mean to cut you off. He has one more question. Actually, two. I'm sorry. Should we be getting used to the idea of not having stores to walk into? I buy certain Ooh. comics in stores because I want to support the business as a whole. But where do stores play a role in the new age of digital? I think I think stores still have a lot to do, and I don't think their time is going to be done anytime soon. And one thing my experience with uh, the Tituses taught me was good comic store owners like them create a community, and that community is self-sustaining. You know, they have such a great base of customers, and they're so engaging as owners that that's how they ensure that they're going to be eating from week to week. Right. That good owners aren't going to wait for the industry to help them out. They're going to be doing that hard work themselves. So I think it's too early to say goodbye to comic book shops because there's so much more to do there than just comics. And weren't we all kind of stunned with the books that they said were selling well that we thought, like, how is it possible? Because we're old, jaded readers. Yeah. They're like, we make a, mon- a lot of money off of Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I was like, I threw me for a loop. You're right. And where me and you will sit here and shrug our shoulders going, nobody reads that S. The Obviously owners of the stores are telling know, us that's our bread and butter. It's keeping the lights yeah. on every month for them. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think, I just think that there's too much of the digital versus retail fight. And I don't think there's really a fight. And I've seen comments where owners are like, Digital is getting me lapsed readers in. This is the best thing that's happened to me in years. So I just I think that people want there to be a guff where there really isn't one. I th- I think um, for speaking from experience, I think there is a big place for collector's editions. For like the per- perfect example for me would be Starman. Right now, I want to go back and read all those Starman issues, but uh, if I could get it in a nice big hardcover. Yeah. That would be like sweet for my for my bookshelf. That's like yeah. shelf porn. That's a, the thing. What the websites call it. I love uh, digital. I have um, the D and D issues that were just came out in um, mm-hmm. in digital format, and then I saw your hardcover and how nice it was. And the Titus is special ordered it for me. Right. Like I'm not. I'm never gonna walk away from print. You know. I just so there is. But there is a need for. I, I see Catcher's point. There is kind of a, a desire for collected editions but i mean they make them so good looking how could you not that's like you know the extended special edition of a dvd it's the same exact thing there's just more reason to buy it in that way and plus it's cheaper than buying all the back issues or even the all the issues digitally unless you can get it on sale or something I'll like tell that. you what they could do that really gets me and i'm a sucker for it alternate costumes that they draw in the they uh in the back fat oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I always love, I love it. Like, what are you talking about? Like the artist renditions? Like and... it, what pops in my head is Superman Red Sun, where in the back you see all the different style Superman suits right. they ran through. Like that's one that I, like I I remember fondly, or you know the artist different interpretations of of what they wanted to put on the page. I I always love reading that and and their lining notes. Yeah, in that yeah. vein, I love the author's forewords and afterthoughts of the book. Where they write what they were trying to do, what was the story was going to look like originally, and what it wound where up being. Where was I in my life when right. I wrote this? Yeah, I'm so interested in what the Tituses have to say in Catcher's question. You think if we bugged them, we could get them to write like a column for the website or something? I don't know. You're, the, you're the published writer, so you know how to get yeah. things done. Oh yeah, God, we honest. can ask. Worst we can do is say no, but. A lot of people, myself included, loved hearing the owner's thoughts. I thought that was really cool. Now that they're yeah. on the spot. Agreed. Yeah, right? Now they can't say no. They just look like jerks. <laughs> we blow up spots, Dale. That's how we do. Paper Keg West drinking game. New edition. One more. Cameron. Right, Jurassic Alien, as he's called. He is the mastermind behind his 
stable whenever, podcast. Whenever you see a tweet from him at 5 a.m. or earlier. Is right. he on 206 Drink. or 207 podcasts now? I, I'm gonna keep up Anytime Cameron mentions an opinion that is contrarian to most people's. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Two drinks, if that he enjoys it. Call 911 before you start listening to the podcast. <laughs> Uh no we kid because we love Paper Keg West uh is a is a nice addition to the paperkeg.com family um some great some great personalities on there some good opinions it's all about family and uh, and brotherhood this time of year absolutely we love we love each other yeah you guys should uh, review them on iTunes what you, you should you really should yeah after they review us of course right I think oh, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's it's some, it's like a keep it in perspective. Absolute some kind edition. of simpatico or something. I got none but love for him too, but we need our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, the book club will be announced. <laughs> we were all on edge. We're like, what is yeah, the book club? <laughs> uh, Savage Dragon, maybe. Th- yeah, we, we could do Savage oh, Dragon. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now that we're on the spot, Savage Dragon, <laughs> and Invincible. Trade no, no, no. I tried. I tried. Uh, we'll see everybody Criminal. next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Win column. Bye.